You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Pastor Jackson. You guys have the best youth pastor around. I don't think you guys realize everything that he, yeah, take a, yeah, stand up, take a, take a bow. I don't think you guys realize everything that Pastor Jackson does for you. And I also want to give a huge stinking shout out to Maddie. If you guys have been here in students long enough, do y'all remember when worship was just David and his guitar? and a mic, and it was amazing, but Maddie, Maddie has brought us so to a different level. She has uh, developed such an amazing worship culture here at New Song Students, so you guys show Maddie some love really quick, and then I'm going to jump right in because um, I might go a little long, and I don't want to. I want to stay and honor Jackson with the time limit he's given me, but so I'm going to be closing out squad goals, and I love it when Jackson gives me the opportunity to get up here and teach, but I got to be honest, I did not want to teach squad goals. I didn't want to do it. Um, I feel like you guys are in a youth group. Maybe you've been a part of another youth group. It's been done a lot about friendships. I didn't know what else I could um, offer you guys, what new perspectives I could bring. Jackson has done an amazing job the past three messages uh, with messages that I couldn't have even, there's no way I would have thought of his, uh, the perspectives that he has given you guys. It's been really, really cool. But whenever he asked if I would teach, um, I went on a walk that night in our neighborhood with Matt and I was literally pouting and kicking the ground, I'm like, I don't want to teach squad goals. Um, plus, since school started, I've been having these conversations with my kids, like, how was your day? Especially with Zane asking him, so did you see this friend? Do you have any classes with this friend? Um, who'd you sit with at lunch? Uh, what's this friend up, been up to? You haven't seen him all summer. And he's been telling me, yeah, I don't really hang out with them anymore. Um, they've started, like, vaping. They cuss all the time. Like, I don't really hang out with them anymore. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to see them do that. So I don't really hang out with them. So I was struggling with this. My mama heart has been hurting a little bit. And so I was struggling about teaching squad goals when my own kid doesn't really have a squad right now. So I was really uh, just struggling with that and wasn't prepared to really teach. But God... But God knew I would be teaching tonight. This was not a surprise to him. And he became, began paving a way and preparing a way for this message to come to your ears tonight. And there's a couple different ways that he did that. One way is a couple days before Jackson asked me to teach, I had brunch with another mom in cash. And us moms, we really like brunch. It's our thing. So I was having brunch with this other mom. She lives in Cashin. She's, she's actually uh, the pastor's wife of one of the churches in Cashin. Her kids go to school with my kids. Her son is actually in Zane's grade. And I was telling her about this, uh, what Zane was telling me, 
because it hurt like all these kids that uh, Zane used to hang out with or has been friends with, they're vaping. I'm like, you're 15. What? How do you, can, can you even buy a vape? Like I didn't even know that was legal. Anyways, I know nothing about it. But I was telling her about this and uh, she was saying, yeah, um, you know, her son, so we moved to Cashin when Zane was in sixth grade, but her son has been there like his entire school career. So he's been going to school with these kids since pre-K. She's like, yeah, this group of friends that he's had since pre-K, they don't call him anymore. They don't text him. They don't invite him places anymore because, yeah, they're all doing stuff that they know he doesn't do. And so he's kind of lost his squad as well. Um, but she was like, you know, Annie, I'm a pastor's kid too. My parents were pastors. And so I've always basically prepared my kids and told them there's going to be times in your life where you don't have a squad and where you basically have to stand alone. She said, I didn't date till I was in college. I didn't really have a good group of friends until I got to college. So I've always prepared my kids to, for that, that you might not have a squad. So, uh, and I know that with school starting, a lot of you guys might be in the same boat where your school friends, they're not the strongest Christians, they're not the best influences. So that's basically what my message is about. And the title of my message is Squad Don't Fit. Somebody say squad don't fit. So also another way that God kind of started paving the way for this message is the same day that Jackson asked me to teach, there was an Instagram post that I saw from a pastor that I follow out of California, and it's top 10 ways to make sure everyone likes you. I was like, that's perfect for squad goals. So I'm going to read this post to you. It's really good. Top 10 ways to make sure everyone likes you. Number 10, don't do anything important. Stay out of situations that need solutions. Top 10 ways, that's the top 10 way to make sure everyone likes you. Number nine, don't stand up for anyone or anything. Forget being loyal. Just agree with whoever you are with at the time. Number eight, stand with the crowd. Dress like them, talk like them, and for goodness sake, don't have any moral convictions. Having a strong moral value is a sure way to be hated by every virtueless person. Number seven, don't set boundaries with people. Never tell anyone no or confront anyone. Be a doormat. Let people walk on you, cheat on you, abuse you. Oh, and then call it loving like Jesus so you can feel good about feeling bad. Uh, number six, don't have dreams or set goals. Dreaming is very risky as you will inspire many to disagree with what you desire. Help me out. Number? Help me out. Number? Remind people how incapable, weak, dumb, and ugly you are. Don't think well of yourself. That will cause some to think you are arrogant or prideful. Number? Wow, are y'all here? Number four. Don't own nice things as you will cause others to be jealous of you. Whenever you look more blessed than others, they will have to question your motives or your means. Number three. Don't work hard or try harder than others. You will make all the lazy people feel bad. Number 
Sports and games are a sure way to cause people to have an opinion about you. Stay away from competition. So, E-Man, I need you to go out and take Jungle Pong away. Take out Nine Square. We don't want to do competition. And the number one way to make sure that everyone likes you, do not follow Jesus. Following Jesus is another way to lose great friends. People will feel guilty around you because you don't do things they do. They will think you are trying to be spiritual. Having convictions will cause other, other people to feel condemned. So there you go. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you later. Uh, so, squad don't fit. But how do you know if your squad don't fit? In order to know if your squad fits, we first have to know what our purpose is. So what is our purpose? What is my purpose? Most of you teenagers, I'm sure, don't really know what your purpose is yet. You're just like, I'm only 15. Um, you're still trying to figure it out. Uh, we become consumed with who am I? What am I here for? Uh, what is my purpose? This weekend, I was watching the Crudes movie with Lily and Matt. Um, and there's, if you've not seen the Crudes movie, I'm sure most of you have, but it's a movie about a girl named Eep. And she lives with her family and they're cave people. And they meet this person named Guy. And Guy is not really a cave person. He's of higher intelligence. And he has all these inventions and what he calls ideas. So when they first meet Guy, there's a fire scene. And the family doesn't know what fire is. They think it's the sun. So they're um, stomping on it and trying to grab at it. The grandma even bites one of the embers. So they're misusing it because they don't know what the purpose is. If we don't know the purpose of a thing, we will misuse the thing. If we don't know the purpose of our lives, we will experiment with it. So Guy has all these ideas. When Eep first sees the fire, she goes, hi, fire. She tries to talk to it. And then his other ideas, he has a trap whenever they go hunting. And they're like, what's a trap? Or he has shoes. What are those? I call them shoes. Or he has an umbrella. And the crudes keep asking Guy, what does this thing do? What is this thing for? What is this thing's purpose? If we don't know the purpose of a thing, we don't ask the thing. We ask the one who created the thing. Or we read the instruction manual. Guys, you will not lose your man card if you read the instruction manual. Come on. That's good preaching. But so often we go to the thing to define us. We go to other people for our purpose. Hey, thing, I'm a thing and you're a thing. Do you know what our thing is? What is my thing? What is my purpose? But we shouldn't be asking other things. We should be asking our creator, the creator of the thing. Or we could read the instruction manual. So instead, we go around going, do you like me? Do you like, do you like my hair? I just got it done. Do, do you like my clothes? Do you like my new, what do they call it, kicks? Sneaks? I don't know what you guys call it. Am I cute? Um, am I funny? Do I fit in? 
Are we friends? Do you follow me on Instagram? I follow you on Instagram. Do you guys follow me on Instagram? Uh, Did you like my profile picture? It's, I I found the perfect filter. It took me forever to find it, but I found the perfect filter. I worked a really long time on it. Do you like it? Do you like me? Do I fit in? Am I valuable? But if we want to know the purpose of a thing, we don't ask the thing. We ask the one who created the thing. So the word purpose is kind of a scary word. It's a big word. So I want to take a minute and demystify that word really quick. Big P purpose. What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do with my life? Maybe I'm supposed to cure cancer. Maybe I'm supposed to move to a third world country and become a missionary. Or maybe I'm going to single-handedly end racism. What is my purpose? But I want to talk about maybe you have a little purpose. Those are your day-to-day, moment-to-moment, little P purpose. Don't just think big P purpose. I want to talk a little bit about your little P purpose. Maybe your little P purpose is to sit by the new kid at school that day. Or maybe your little P purpose is to be an encourager or to pray for that friend who's going through a divorce, whose parents are going through a divorce right now. Maybe that's your little P purpose. So don't just think big P purpose. Like I said, I'm only 15. I'm just trying to pass algebra at this point. Don't just think about the big P's. Think about the little P's. The more, and then the more faithful you are in the little P's, the more God will begin to trust you with the bigger piece. Why? Because if I'm faithful in the small things, God will trust me with the big things. If I'm faithful in the small things, over time, God begins to use you in more significant ways. And then you're like, wow, this is why I was created. We have to know what our purpose is uh, to know if the squad fits. So I've got a few points for you guys tonight. My first point tonight is calling over comfort. So many times we will abandon our standards in search of acceptance. There's this guy, you may have heard of him. His name is Moses. Kind of a big deal in the Old Testament, but I'm going to read about him in the New Testament in Hebrews 11. And Kaysen, before you put the... uh, the verse up there, I want to set the stage and give you guys just a little bit of context. So Moses was a guy, he was born a Hebrew slave, but through different sets of circumstances, he was adopted into Pharaoh's family by Pharaoh's daughter. So he was born into poverty, born into slavery, and ended up living in lavish royalty in the palace. Even though he could have chosen a life of comfort, he chose calling over comfort. He chose his purpose over popular opinion. Hebrews 11, 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He chose calling over comfort. He chose purpose over opinion. My second point, somebody say, shake them haters off. When you're serving Jesus, sometimes people won't get it. They don't get it. There's this other guy 
in the Old Testament named Nehemiah. And if you don't know his story, Nehemiah was heartbroken over his city, over Jerusalem. Um, It was in ruins. It was broken down. The walls around it were broken down. And he was so upset by it. He said, I can't stand this. Somebody's got to do something. Something's got to be done. It might as well be me. So he rallies people together, and they start rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Layer by layer, stone by stone, brick by brick, he begin, they begin rebuilding this wall. One day, Nehemiah, he's on the job. He's up on the wall. He's on a ladder working away, and these two haters come along named Sambalat and Tobiah. And they come and start shouting insults at him. Hey, this is stupid. Uh, you're never going to get this done. It's impossible. You might as well quit. Nehemiah 4.3, Tobiah the Ammonite said, what are they building Even a fox climbing on it would have break down their wall of stones. He's basically saying, you suck. And your wall sucks. But Nehemiah, and I love this, he is just working away and basically says, I ain't got time for that. Nehemiah 6.3, Nehemiah says, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm fulfilling God's purpose in this moment and I can't be distracted by your opinions. I'm doing what I was created to do. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. Some of y'all need to make this a motto. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Put it on your car visor and repeat it somewhere where you're going to see it every single day. I'm doing a great work, and I cannot come down. So I was in hair school. If you don't know, I'm semi-retired hairdresser. Hey, and I was in hair school. If you don't know, hair school is not the friendliest place for a Christian. It's full of a lot of mean girls and uh, a lot of single mean girls uh, who like to go out and party and drink and uh, hook up with a bunch of guys. And then here's me. I'm married. I serve in my church. Um, That's all I do. So um, it was really hard for me. I didn't fit in at all. And basically every day I would go home crying because these girls were really mean to me because I didn't fit in. And one day in particular, they were extra mean. They were feeling extra that day. And I actually left school early and went home crying. Matt had finally had enough and he got in his car as such an amazing husband, went up there, you know, to raise a ruckus and went and talked to my instructors. And they're like, well, Annie really kind of needs to tone down the God talk. Like when she's not doing a client, she's sitting in her chair reading the Bible. I mean, what? she needs to knock that off. And he's like, she can't not talk about it. She can't, you can't separate her life from her faith because her life is her faith. You can't separate the two. I can't not talk about it. Matt is the oldest of five siblings and, uh, keeps asking me to join the hotspot. Um, And he's the only believer of all of his siblings. Um, Most of them are atheists. um, And they don't understand why we serve God. They don't understand why we serve our church, why we're so faithful to our calling. And I know it's hard to believe, but when we first got married, I was a lot more opinionated and a lot more outspoken than I am now. Shocker. I know. They didn't like me very much. Some of them still don't, but that's okay. Anyways, they'd be like, why don't you leave her? 
Just divorce her, dump her, get out while you're still young. Just leave her. He's like, well, first of all, because I love her. Hmm, let's try that. Second of all, because I'm being faithful to the vow that I made her, the vow that I made to God, I'm going to be faithful to my marriage because if I'm faithful to my marriage, God will bless my marriage. He will bless my kids. He will bless my kids' marriage. He will bless my grandkids, and he will bless my grandkids' marriage. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. Matt could have listened to the haters. I could have listened to the haters. What haters are you guys listening to? Why do you go to church every Wednesday and Sunday and sometimes Saturday now? Why don't you come party with us? Come hang out with us. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. You're saving yourself for marriage? Okay, prude. That's so not normal. That's super old-fashioned. Why don't you get some? Because I want something special. I want something different. You want normal, you go do normal and you get some. But I'm doing a great work. I want something better. I'm doing a great work. When my kids were super little, Lily hadn't even come along yet. When my boys were super, super little and I stayed home with them, I didn't work. I was a stay-at-home mom. And people thought I should go back to work. They're like, put your kids in daycare. Go have a career and have a family. Have it all. Have it all. And I'm like, because I'm doing a great work right now, and it's going to pay off in the end. I'm looking forward to my reward by planting these seeds of faith in my kids. I'm doing my big P purpose right now. In fact, there was a lot of P's involved. P and poop. P and poop. P and poop. And sometimes there was a medium P, puke. And I'd have to call Matt because Mama A doesn't do puke. I was doing a great work. Students, people will take shots at you when you're serving God. Shake off the haters. Just like Matt's siblings, people won't understand. People can't understand because we are doing something higher than their ability to even understand. When they say you can't, no, with Christ I can. When they say you won't, with Christ I will. Shake them haters off. Here's my third point. Somebody say, no pain, no gain. It's from a, like I think an 80s movie. Anyways, living out our purpose isn't easy. In fact, the pathway, your pathway to purpose will often be painful. Do I have any athletes in the room? I went for a run today and I about died. I couldn't breathe. I'm sore. Zane is in off-season baseball right now where they're doing weightlifting, and every day he comes home, he's like, my legs are so sore. I can't move. Braden's in off-season basketball, and one of the things they have to do, they have to make so many free throws in a row before they can leave. He's like, I can't turn off the light. My arms are so sore. <laughs> Lily is a gymnast, and I don't care what you say, gymnasts are the toughest athletes on the planet, I don't care what you say, they're the toughest athletes. They have to climb two up a rope two stories without using their legs. They have to do so many routines on the beam without falling in order to move on to the next event. They're the toughest athletes. Why do they do this? 
because for an end purpose. That purpose gives them motivation to keep going even when things hurt or even when things get tough. Living out your purpose isn't easy. Many times it can be painful. It was for Moses. It was for Nehemiah. It was for David. It was for Esther. It certainly was for Jesus. When we're doing what God calls us to do, our spiritual enemy will resist. There's this quote by T.D. Jakes that I really like. If you're not being persecuted, you ain't doing it right. You're doing it wrong. Second Timothy uh, 3.12, Timothy tells us, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Doing the will of God will bring resistance. People will take shots at you that cause you pain. My friend that I told you about at the beginning whose son um, has kind of lost his squad, they don't text him anymore, they don't invite him anymore, and it hurts his feelings. It can cause him pain. Sometimes we suffer for our purpose, but there is greater value to our purpose than just pain. A perfect example of this is childbirth. There's only a couple moms in the room. I'm telling you guys, it hurts and it's freaky. Like, how do you do that? How do you push a watermelon through a garden hose? Why would anybody do this, do this to their bodies for the payoff at the end, right? The beautiful baby that pees and poops, pees and poops. My first delivery, Zane, I'm going to have, give you guys a little TMI story. When I was dilated to about a four, they were like, let's go ahead and order your epidural. It'll take like an hour to get here. You might be at like a seven, starting, starting to be a little uncomfortable. Okay. An hour later, when the epidural got there, I was dilated to a 10. That's as far dilated as you can go. So they went ahead and gave me the epidural. But by the time Zane wanted to come out, it hadn't had time to take full effect. So some stuff was numb, but a lot wasn't numb. It was painful. <laughs> and, and also I remember, so in the birthing room, they kind of turn the lights down and they have these big bright lights pointed at, uh, at the incident. And I remember my doctor had glasses on. And I could see everything that was happening in the reflection of his glasses. It was painful on so many levels. But I remember when Zane was born, I distinctly remember thinking, I could do this again. In fact, I can't wait to do this again. I didn't mind the pain. Living out our purpose will cost us something, but it's worth it. Sometimes I don't mind the pain because my purpose pushes me through it. When we recognize this, critics can't stop you. Obstacles won't deter you. Pain won't slow you. I was created for this. This is a little P moment, and I'm going to remain faithful. Somebody say, no pain, no gain. Where am I at? Okay, I got to hurry. My fourth point is this, power to please. Purpose gives you the power to please God. Moses tapped into this because he was serving God. He faced opposition. He faced opposition from his enemies. He faced opposition from Pharaoh. He even faced opposition from his own people who he was trying to save and free. 
But he said, I'm pleasing God. This is what I'm called to do. This is what I'm created to do. You can't talk me out of it. This is what I'm called to do. When Peter and John and the other disciples uh, would preach Christ, uh, religious leaders then would tell him, you can't, you need to stop. You can't do this anymore. Uh, The disciples, they had already been beaten, thrown in jail a few times. But check this out, Acts 4, 16, the religious leaders got together and said, everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot defy it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to no longer, to no, to speak no longer to anyone in this name. What name? Jesus's name. That phrase in this name is super interesting to me and a little funny because here we are 2,000 years later and nothing has changed. You can talk about God, supreme being, higher power, spirituality, but you say the name Jesus and people freak out. Why? Because that name is above every other name. There is no other name by which people will be saved. One day, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that that name, Jesus. Students, I hope you're hearing me because it's good. It's really, really good. You can't preach that name. You can't speak in that name. You can't tell them about that name. Just like in hair school, Matt said she can't help but talk about that name. She can't help but talk about it. Peter and the other disciples, we can't help but talk about that name. Because when you've been transformed as we've been transformed, when you have seen the things that we have seen, when you've been forgiven as we have been forgiven, you can't help but talk about that name. You can beat us and we'll be back. You can throw us in prison. Last time you did that, an angel broke us out. Ha! You can try to kill us and we will still preach in that name. Why? Acts 5.29, Peter and the disciples say, we must obey God rather than human beings. Why? Because we can't please human beings. Why? Because we can't please man. We can't please everyone, but we can please God. We can't please everyone. So why do we try so hard to do it? Why do we try so hard to please everyone? Do you like me? Do you like my hair? Do you like my shoes? Do you like my belt? Did you see my post? It was really funny. Perfect caption. Lily's got me doing reels. Did you guys see my last reel? It it worked really long on it. It took me like two hours. Do you follow me? I follow you. Why don't you follow me? Uh, I texted you 17 minutes ago, and you haven't texted me back. Your read receipts are on, and I know you read it. I saw bubbles. There were bubbles, but you didn't text me back yet. Why didn't you text me back? I saw the bubbles. Do you like me? Do you think my jokes are funny? Did you like the puke joke? I worked really hard on it. Do you like me? What if I'm a Christian? Oh, now you think I'm weird. What if I'm just a little bit of a Christian? Just every once in a while. You can't please everyone. You can't please everyone, but we can please God. How? When we live by faith, we please God. When we are faithful in the little p moments, we please God. We can't please everyone, so why are we consumed with it? What do their opinions matter anyway? Students, sometimes squad don't fit. 
I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Your opinion doesn't matter to me. You can talk about me behind my back. You can laugh behind my back. You can call me names behind my back. You can whisper, but I'm doing what God has called me to do. I am doing a great work. There's power in that. There's purpose in that. Really quick, look back again at our verse with Moses, Hebrews eleven twenty six. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as what? As of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking ahead to his reward. It was of greater value because he was looking ahead to his reward. There is value in people liking you. But there's greater value in being loved by God. There is value in having fun and hanging out with your friends. But there's greater value in your faithfulness to God. There is value in your comfort, but there is greater value in God's calling. They can say what they want. They can do what they do. Sometimes squad don't fit. Students, don't sacrifice your uh, purpose for a squad. You guys, close your eyes and let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word that you have given me. I pray that ears and hearts were open tonight. I pray that we will be so driven by the purposes that you have for us that we would wake up every day, no matter what the task is in front of us, and serve you with all our heart. Jesus, help us above everything else, God, uh, Jesus, to serve you, to serve Jesus, that name. I pray that anytime we're tempted to compromise our values or your truth or your word, anytime we're tempted to please other people, that we'd recognize that we cannot please all of them, but we can please you. Father, thank you for all these amazing students. Thank you for all the little purposes and big purposes that you have for each and every one of them. And all of God's students said, 